first lesson for this first Sunday in Lent is found recorded in the book of Genesis, chapter 22, beginning at the first verse. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He called to him, Abraham. Abraham answered, I am here. God said, now take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains there, the one to which I direct you. Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, along with Isaac, his son. Abraham split the wood for the burnt offering. Then he set out to go to the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go on over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and loaded it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire pot and the knife in his hand. The two of them went on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, I am here, my son. He said, Here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them went on together. They came to the place that God had told them about. Abraham built the altar there. He arranged the wood and tied up Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, I am here. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham looked around and saw that behind him there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. So it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, I have sworn by myself, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you greatly. I will multiply your descendants greatly, like the stars of the sky, like the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the city gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning at the 31st verse. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Indeed, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, also 
graciously give us all things along with him? Who will bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ, who died, and more than that, was raised to life, is the one who is at God's right hand and who, and who is also interceding for us. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, neither things present nor things to come, nor powerful forces, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, beginning at the 12th verse. The Spirit immediately sent Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels were serving him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It is in the book of Genesis, chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. After these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me? Since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. Abram also said, Look, you have given me no offspring. So a servant born in my house will be my heir. Just then the word of the Lord came to him. God said, this man will not be your heir, but instead one who will come out of your own body will be your heir. The Lord then brought him outside and said, now look toward the sky and count the stars if you are able to count them. He said to Abram, this is what your descendants will be like. Abraham believed in the Lord, and the Lord credited to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, who worship the Lord, who suffered and died and paid for the sins of the world. Why couldn't he just listen to his pastor? Those were the thoughts I was having when Dwight Johnson asked me about the window that he was going to make on Abraham and the stars. He said, how should I do the stars? And I said, well, have Abraham look up and put tons of stars and lights up, in, up above. 
And what he comes back with is stars I'm able to count. He gives me consolation. And I said, well, why would you do this? What happened to all the lights you were going to put up above? He said, well, first of all, the consolation, one is Pleiades, another is Orion. And by the way, those two consolations are actually mentioned in the book of Job, who some believe was a contemporary of Abraham. And he also put in Ursa Major, which is the Big Dipper, as, as well as Tarsus. Because these are the consolations we can easily see when we look up into the skies. And I am so glad he didn't listen to his pastor. He was actually going to paint a bunch of little dots all over the place. But it reminds me, now every time I see this stained glass window, that Abraham didn't just see twinkling lights up in the sky that were beautiful to look at, but he looked at constellations, stars that were made and put there at the very beginning by the Almighty God himself. And even though I see that when I look at the window, I can't help but also see why God had him do that, which is truly amazing. It has been about 10 years that Abraham has been in the land of Canaan. It was, he was 75 years old when God first came to him in Haran, which is way up north of Canaan. And there he had been living for quite some time, and, and there's where he had a more permanent home. Now God came to him and said that he was to leave his, his home and now go to a land where he's going to live as an alien, where he's going to live as a t in tents for the rest of his life. At that time, his name was Abram, which actually means exalted father. Later, God's going to change it to Abraham, which means exalted father of many. He was married to Sarai, who God will change her name to Sarah. Sarai means princess, and of course Sarah means princess of many. But there was a problem. They had no children. Sarah was actually barren. But the Lord had promised him that the land you're going to go, to the land you're going to travel in, the land where you're going to be preaching and teaching will be the very land that one day your descendants will have. In fact, before he left, God promised him that whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever curses you, I will curse. Yes, these descendants will live here one day, but the most amazing part of his promises was when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. Because from your son will eventually come the savior of the world. Abraham was in the line, the family line of Jesus Christ. He went. And now, like I said, it's been about 10 years. Things have actually been going quite well for Abraham. He has become extremely wealthy and He's also become extremely powerful. There were four kings that went against the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, as well as three other cities of these little city-states. And 
those four kings had destroyed those city-states, taken their people and their possessions into slavery, and along with them was Abraham's nephew, Lot. Well, when it was reported to Abraham that his nephew had been taken into captivity, he immediately armed 318 of his servants, and they went after those four kings and defeated them. It was a great victory. And, and he freed Lot and, and gave back all the possessions. In fact, the king of Sodom said, please give me my people back, but you can keep the spoils of war. But Abraham wouldn't do that. He didn't want to take any credit because he wanted the credit to belong to the Lord. And even though you would have thought he should have been at his highest emotions, he is wealthy, he is powerful, it sounds like he has it all. And yet, Abraham is terribly depressed. The Lord comes to him and says, I am your shield and your great reward. When you read these words, knowing what just happened, you would be tempted to think that God is saying these words to, to remind him who gave him the victory in the battle. I'm your shield. I'm your defense. I'm the one who protects you and gives you life. And I'm the one who rewards you and blesses you with everything you have. Everything comes from the Lord. And therefore to him be the glory and praise forever and ever. But that is not exactly why God was coming with these words. I am your shield, your very great reward. In a vision, he comes to Abraham and allows Abraham an opportunity to speak back to the Lord. And what is heavy on his heart, what is depressing him terribly, is he has no son. He has no child. He has no one that he can give his estate to. He's 85 years old, and he's getting up there in age. In fact, he even has to admit that Sarah is probably even beyond the age of childbearing. And therefore, he was already starting to make plans that one of his servants who had been born in his household, he would have to adopt as his own. And then Eliezer of Damascus would be his heir. But that was not the Lord's plan. His son would not be adopted. His son would come from his very own body and would be born from Sarah. That was the Lord's plan all along. And to help him understand it, he says, I'm your shield, I'm your reward. He is the one who blesses, and he is the one that can bless because he is the one that can do the impossible. Miracles come from the Lord, not from any human being. And to help him further understand that, he has them go look into the sky and see all those stars with all the constellations. Count them if you can, because there's more than any one person can count. That's how God designed it when he created the universe. The very God who can make all that is the very God who can bless you with a child and bless you with an heir. Yes, even in your old age and even from a barren woman. 
this reminds me that when it comes to the power of prayer, it's not found in simply how you pray. It's not found in how many pray with you. But the power of prayer comes because of the promises of God to hear our prayers and to also answer them. And he has the almighty power to do it. The very God who said, let there be life and created this entire universe and world is the very God who can certainly answer your prayer. There is nothing he cannot do because he is a God who has almighty power. And therefore, my dear friends, knowing that, the answer to God's prayers for us is not simply yes, no, maybe, but sometimes the answer to prayer is I'm going to have you wait. So we're not, so be careful in being tempted into thinking that, that, that when it comes to prayer, that if God doesn't answer the prayer the way I want and when I want, that means God must hate me or, or maybe I didn't say it right or maybe I didn't say it enough times or, or maybe I'd even be tempted to think that God hates me and he's out to get me when in actuality God knows what's best for you at the best time. And that, my friends, we can always count on by a merciful and gracious God and a God who came and took on human flesh and paid for our sins on the cross. A God who can do the impossible and he certainly did the impossible when it comes to our salvation. So dear friends, God would have Abraham wait another 15 years before he finally blessed him with a son whom Abraham and Sarah would name Isaac. 15 years more, once again, because God knows what the best thing you need is and when you need it. Abraham actually believed in the Lord. And it says here, the Lord credited to him as righteousness. What's amazing about the word believe in the original Hebrew language, which doesn't show up at all in the English language, is that the word believe is actually the root word for our English word, amen. If you want to take this quite literal, Abraham believed in the Lord. In other words, Abraham said amen to the Lord. And amen is that old Hebrew word that means truth. He took the promises of God as the absolute truth. And this believing in the Lord was credited to him as righteousness. Now, if you take faith as simply man's good work that he needs to do to earn salvation, well, then you'll have to take these words to mean that by faith, by that work, God now owes him righteousness. God has to give it to him because he, he believes in the Lord. And if that's the case, then we have to look at our salvation as always an obligation on God's part when in actuality that's not true at all. Our salvation is by God's grace and mercy. Faith is not simply a work we do. 
faith is a gift of God, trusting in the work that God has done for us. When it says here that, that Abram believed in the Lord, that means the Holy Spirit was working in his heart, calling him to faith and calling him to serve. God was blessing him with a faith that trusted in God above all things. Because you must understand, Abraham was not a saint in the sense that he was perfect all the time. He was a saint because God declared him righteous in his sight. And that too is a gift of God. Even after our passage here that is before us, we're going to hear of Abraham doing many sinful things. And yet it is only through faith that his sins were paid for. It is only through faith that his, that his salvation was given to him. And that is a gift of God. Comes all from the Lord God. Yes, you're doing the believing, but not without the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart, calling you to faith and calling you to serve. So it is with a believing heart that we give all praise and glory to our Lord. And it is to the praise and glory of the Lord that this window is dedicated, which reminds us of, yes, it was the Lord who made the stars above, and yes, it was the Lord God who blessed Abraham and all of us with saving faith. And yes, it is the Lord God who is also our shield and reward. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah.